0: Everybody, welcome to the First Pres Church podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel or our YouTube channel for the latest Sunday messages. We're so glad that you're listening and we are praying that the following message inspires you to take your next steps towards Jesus. Good morning, church. We're one church in the power of one Holy Spirit hearing one word from our one Lord and Savior. Open your scriptures. As we do every Sunday, our hearts are open to the word of God, to receiving the word of God for us. And as we open the scriptures, we open our hearts in prayer. Lord, send your Holy Spirit to accompany your living word, that what we receive in our mind and in our heart and in our soul can be your grace, your truth, your life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. John 17, verses 24 to 26. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, Though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them, and will continue to make you known, in order that the love you have for me may be in them, and that I myself may be in them. This is God's Word. And we're grateful. And again this Sunday on Pentecost Sunday, as we did on Easter, we're standing over our city, praying for for God's blessing to pour out, to shower down over us, over our city, over our world. We end our series today, Revival, talking about hosting Revival. Folks, I'm so jealous of my friend, uh, Eddie, my friend in Atlanta, because he actually went and he got uh, tested and, uh, and he has the antibodies in his blood. You know, he had the virus, now he has the antibodies. And so I know that's not a guarantee of, uh, you know, of anything, but, uh, but I'm just jealous. Because I so much want to be past this virus. What if I could know that I was past this virus. And I know you want that. We want that. We want to be past this thing. We want to be over it, beyond it, free from it. And one day we will be. One day this whole thing will be finished. And I believe that we're going to look back on it. We're going to give thanks that, that it had a less impact than, than the Spanish flu or, or some of the other plagues that have attacked humanity. And, and then these sacrifices that we've made they're going to feel worth it. I I pray that that's true. I hope that that's true. But we want to be part of the cure. See, I'm jealous of my buddy because he's a place where the virus dies, you know. If you've got the, the, the... You want to be part of the cure. We don't just want to get through it. Not only do we want the trial to end, but we want to be part of the cure. I want to be a place where this virus ends. In the meantime, we watch, we wait. This crisis leads to Christ. When everything else is taken away, what matters most, it rises to the top, makes itself clear, stands in sharp contrast, And we're praying for revival. And we're preparing to host revival right here. See, from time to time, God does this. God loosens the soil. God turns things over. God stirs up His Holy Spirit. And the power of the Holy Spirit is stirred up and poured out over us to change minds, to touch souls, to heal lives. Like on Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2. See, it's Pentecost Sunday today. And we remember a day when ordinary men and ordinary women, children, uh, elderly, uh, slaves, free, people from all stripes, when they were gathered together and the Holy Spirit of God was stirred up and poured out over them. It was the birth of the church. The church. The church we know that that isn't confused, it's clear. As we shift from confusion to clarity, the church that we know understands its mission. The church that we know that isn't about a building, it's about a people. It's a people on mission for Jesus. It's a church, a church that's in love with its future more than it's in love with its past. A church that knows how to follow God, to, to follow God's wisdom, to move out of debt, and into intentionally investing in the work of the kingdom of God. A church, a people on mission. A people on mission not being spoon-fed, but being empowered. Not served, but, but to serve. Empowered to serve. The shift from, from served to empowered. Friends, a church like that, a church like that can host revival. A people like that. A mission like that. That can be a place where sickness ends and cure begins. That can be a place where, where revival, new life, is hosted in our time and in our lives. It can happen. Jesus prayed for it. Verse 24, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am, to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Jesus, the life of Jesus didn't begin with the birth of Jesus. The birth of Jesus was the beginning of the incarnational ministry of Jesus. But Jesus, He's been forever. He's eternal. He's Jesus, the the Son of of God. He's Jesus who is God. The Logos, the Word made flesh. This is Jesus. And His glory, His glory goes on and on. It, It extends back before the beginning of time. And His glory, it extends forward to the restoration of all things. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. Friends, I want to tell you the good news right now this jesus he wants to be with you this jesus he wants you to be with him i want them to be where i am to see my glory jesus loves you and he wants to be with you and jesus wants you to be with him. He wants it. You see. There's don't underestimate this wanting. This wanting in Jesus is very strong. Don't doubt it and don't fall asleep to it. Jesus wants you. He says, "Father, I want them to be with me." Enough to leave heaven? Enough to step down out of heaven and and be born as as a humble child, yes, yes. Enough to be ridiculed and misunderstood when you show them the beauty of the kingdom of heaven, yes. Yes, Father. Enough to be arrested and, and beaten and whipped raw, Enough to be shamed and spit upon and and to, to have a crown of thorns pressed down on your head and to be washed in your own blood. Enough? Do you want it enough? Yes, Father. I want it. Enough for even that. Enough then? To go down into death itself and carry in yourself the penalty that is on them? Yes. I want it. I want them to be with me. I want them to be at home with us, Father. I want to be the cure. I want to be the life. I want to be the place where sickness ends and eternal life begins. I want them to be with us. Never doubt this wanting of Jesus, and He will pursue it. He will never give up on it. Jesus wants you cured, restored, made whole. He wants new life born in you forgiven and redeemed. He wants you so much, so much. He made salvation possible. He came to seek and to save you. And so out of that wanting, you see, um, He was sent. Verse 25, Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. Now we come to verse 26. The last line of this prayer we've been studying for six weeks. (laughs) Jesus prays this, I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. I have made you known, says Jesus. Jesus discloses the character of God. Jesus faithfully represents the kingdom of God. If you want to know God, look to Jesus. He said once to Philip, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Jesus makes the Father known. And he says, I will continue to make you known. What is that? Well, think about what Jesus is about to do. Jesus is about to be arrested. He's about to go to the cross and die for sins. And he's about to rise again from the dead on Easter morning. Jesus is about to make the plan of salvation possible. He was about to see the church born in the power of the Holy Spirit and sent out on mission to continue to seek and to save the lost and to penetrate this darkened world with His light and His life. Jesus says, I will continue. I will continue. I will continue to make you known, to make the glory of the Lord known. Why? We'll keep going here. I will continue to make you known, says Jesus, in order that the love you have for me may be in them. The love you have for me. Jesus will do all this, all this, this whole thing, Jesus will do it for one purpose. That the love of God, the love that God has for him, he says, the love you have for me, the love that God has, the God the Father has for the Son, that that love, That love that could be said to be the most intimate, most powerful love that there has ever been, the love between the Father and the Son. It could be said that all that exists, all of creation is born of that love, that being itself is the child of the love between the Father and the Son, that existence itself is the product of that love. Jesus says that that love that you have for me, I will continue to make you known until that love is in them. It's in them. It's in you. It's in me. Jesus will not stop making God known to you until you feel the love of God. He will not stop. He will not stop. I will continue, says Jesus. There's words to a a praise song we sing. It says, there's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. Lie you won't tear down. Coming after me. He won't stop. Romans 5 says, And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. He doesn't stop. He won't stop pouring it out until you feel the love of God, until you feel it, until it is within you. But what blocks it? Why don't you feel it? Why is it sometimes as though the love of God is poured out over a stone? He won't stop until you feel it. I have made you known to them, Jesus said, and I will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and and that what? I myself may be in them. I myself, says Jesus. There's no revival in this world until there's a revival in your heart no revival in this church until there is revival in your soul. There's no revival out there. Revival is not some, some, some collective phenomenon. It's about individual hearts, individual souls hosting revival, opening up to Jesus, Jesus himself, one heart at a time. And so this is about you. There's no more important question for you to answer than the one I'm about to pose. See, soon we're all going to be asked, uh, we're going to be asked, will you be part of the cure? Will you uh, you take the test? Will you receive the vaccine? Will you receive the vaccine and, and be part of the cure? And that's an important question. There's no more important question than this. Will you receive Jesus? Will you receive Jesus? There's a disease in this world, a plague. A plague that darkens souls. A plague that pulls people into death. Jesus is the cure. And with him inside of you, within you, you're part of the cure. Will you receive Jesus? He won't stop pursuing you until you feel his love. Jesus will not stop making himself known to you in order that the love you have for me may be in them, he said. And I myself may be in them. That's the one question I have for you today. As we close this series, as we celebrate Pentecost, as we wrap up this monumental prayer of Jesus, there's one question. Will you have Jesus within you? Will you receive the love of Christ within you? See, from time to time it happens. The Holy Spirit of God is stirred up and poured out over hearts, that hearts are changed, that souls are saved, that minds are opened up, that people are brought life. It happens. And God will not stop pouring out His love until you feel it, but why, why sometimes don't you feel it? Why does it feel like it's, it's water off a stone? What is keeping you, what is blocking you from feeling the love of God today? I once uh, sat on the steps of the church with a 15-year-old girl who trusted me enough as her youth pastor to talk to me about something that she hardly ever speaks of. See, she couldn't feel the love of God. She said, I can't feel it. Whenever I get close to Jesus, uh, I feel dirty. I asked why and she said, here's the thing. When I was eight years old, I was abused by my older brother It just created a a block. And so we prayed. We prayed that whatever happens to us on the outside of our bodies, we prayed that the Holy Spirit of God would pour out His love inside of us, that we would feel His life inside of us. And she prayed, and she gave her life to Jesus Christ. And the block was removed and the love of God poured in. She needed restoration. I once knew a man who, who traveled a lot. He was in sales. And he, he cheated on his wife. He, and he hurt her very badly and the marriage was destroyed. But he gave his life to Jesus. He needed forgiveness, you see. And he found in Jesus the promise that even his sins, his his heinous sins, could be forgiven because of what Jesus had done on the cross. He needed forgiveness. He found it in Jesus. The block was removed and the love of God poured in. It happens. It happens. I once baptized a lieutenant colonel three weeks before he flew over to Iraq. And I asked him, why now, at age 42, are you ready to be baptized? And he said to me, well, I I knew that God loved people. I knew that God loved people, but, but it never occurred to me that God loved me. He needed to know that God knew him, knew his name and loved him personally. And he found it. In Jesus, and the block was removed, and the love of God poured in. It happens. I once had a friend in the church; he was a leader in the church, but he couldn't understand grace. He said to me one time, "Tim, why is it that you always talk about Jesus? It's always so much about Jesus." said I, I understand god do justice walk humbly and serve your god and 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 if you serve your god i believe he said i think god is good enough to know that that our best efforts are are all we can do and and god will let us in to his his household. But you're always on about Jesus. Why is it always about Jesus and what Jesus has done for us? And why don't you just talk about God, serve God, love God, and God will be good to let you into his family. But why is it always about Jesus? I said, well, because no matter how good you do, no matter how well you do, within the church or without the church, You will never do so well as to match the righteousness of God. And you will never earn your seat at his table. Jesus is not a representative selling a moral program. Jesus is not someone who is is convincing you of a system of beliefs. No, Jesus offers a hand and a relationship. And he says, follow me. You have to allow Jesus to lift you up. You cannot earn your way into the seat. You cannot earn your way into the family of God. I'm very sorry, but you must be saved by Him. A few months later, my friend was giving his testimony at a men's retreat. The theme of his talk was Surrender. Surrender. He said, it's been the battle of my life, the defining battle of my existence to let myself be saved by Jesus, to surrender. He needed grace. He found it in Jesus. The block was removed. The love of God poured in. I know one more friend, he was, as a young man, he was dashed. His hopes for advancement were dashed by a rejection letter, and he was in his apartment um, sleeping and and drinking and and wasting away in his own despair. He was watching television, and the the TV show that he was watching came to a close, and and behind it came uh, a Billy Graham crusade. And he said, I wanted to get up and turn it off. But when he went to get up to turn it off, he felt like he was being held down, like there was, he couldn't get up. And he couldn't turn his eyes away. And through the screen came the gospel. And through that screen came the good news of Jesus Christ. And it poured into his life. And the next thing he knew, he was on his knees, giving his life to Jesus as his Lord and his Savior. It happens. He needed hope and he found it in Jesus and the block was removed and the love of God poured in. So I want to ask you, I want to ask you, will you allow the Holy Spirit of God into your life? Will you allow the love of God into your heart? The Holy Spirit of God from time to time is stirred up and poured out onto people's hearts and the block is removed and the love of God pours in and it can be yours today for all the different things that you've received through this screen that you're staring at right now I stand right here to represent the truth to you you can know the love of God today in Jesus Christ you can have new life in him the love of god can come to you right now in jesus he prayed for it i have prayed he said i have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that i myself may be in them that's what jesus prayed let me tell you, if you want to if you want to sit in on somebody's prayers, I say, <laughs> if you want to watch for something to come true, I bet I think you should listen in to the prayers of Jesus and watch for that to happen. Jesus prayed. That you would know the love of God. That you would have Him within you. Some seasons, some eras of history, they're so comfortable they lull us to sleep. But there are other times. There are other moments. Like the moment we're in right now. Moments that shake us. That, that rattle us to our core. That cause us to, to question the answers that we've had. That cause us to look again. And to open our hearts to something new. Crisis leads to Christ. Jesus makes the love of God known. And the ministry of Jesus can be yours right now. The answer is to his prayers for you, can be yours right now. If You open your heart to him. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person. And they with me. If our church is going to host revival, friends, it means that you and I, we host revival. I'm I'm gonna invite you to follow me in a prayer right now. A simple prayer to open the door, to remove the block, to allow the love of God to pour in. If you're alone right now watching this, it's very easy to come to salvation and eternal life in Jesus Christ. Just follow along with me and open your heart to him. He's the one knocking. He's the one coming into your life. He's the one who prayed for you. He's the one who wants you. and He's coming to you right now. He's coming towards you right now. If you're in a a small group of people, you may feel more, uh, more sensitive, more maybe embarrassed. But maybe everyone in the room is willing to pray this prayer along with you. Or maybe simply it's in the silence of your heart. That's okay. Jesus hears you. He sees you. He knows you. He can hear your prayers. I want to invite you to follow along with me and open your heart to the love of Jesus right now. Host revival. Host new life. So close your eyes with me where you are. Close your eyes and follow along. Lord Jesus Christ. I open my heart to you. Forgive my sins. Remove whatever blocks your way. Pour out your love in me. Thank you for giving your life. Now I give you mine. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 New life in Christ. Revival. It is yours in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Colorado Springs area, we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning. To plan your visit, head to our website at firstprescos.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-C-O-S dot